Welcome to Rotten Radio. Rotten Radio is a monthly podcast we bring you the first Wednesday of the month with the Rutten Brothers. Father Paul Rutten, pastor of St. Mary Church in Sioux Falls. Father John Rutten, pastor of St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg. And Joe Rutten, professor and director of the Benedictine Institute for Leadership, Ethics, and Social Justice at Mount Marty College. Let's join them now for a little faith, family, and plenty of fun. Good morning, rock stars! From coast to coast, we give you a toast as you listen to Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. I'm your host, Joe Rutten, director of the Benedictine Leadership Institute at Mount Marty College in Yankton, South Dakota, and I'm joined, as always, by my brothers, Rutten. I'm Father John Rutten, pastor of St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg, South Dakota. And I'm Father Paul Rutten, pastor of St. Mary in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And together we are... Rutten Radio! No, 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 just real oh. quick. <laughs> are you sure you're at Mount Marty College? Oh. Or is that going to be for later? Well, so... Or does that like, not change It doesn't yet? happen until okay, July okay, okay. 1. Okay, just checking. So, All right, yeah, well, the big announcement, though, the big Father announcement Paul, came, right? Yeah, we, we will be exciting. rebranded, renamed... Uh, Mount Marty University as of July 1, 2020. So in July so, 1, right. you then, can tell us what start. makes yes. the university. Yes. Why right. did yeah. Augustana right. University... Uh, Ooh, that's a, that's a great All talking right. point for uh, so, for July. So great. Uh, many of our listeners out there uh, might know us, but we have... Uh, uh, grown like gremlins, right? We, you know, water's been sprinkled on us, and we've multiplied over multiple states now, and we're we're really across the upper Midwest here. And so, many of our listeners out there might not quite be sure who we are. So, who are we, fellas? Well, it's pretty simple. We're just a couple of hooligans from uh, a big Catholic family in the north end of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, growing up under the cathedral spires. And someone made a mistake a few years ago of having us on their radio show as a guest, Heather Carroll. That would be you. And we never left the studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so we started our own show a couple of years ago, Rutten Radio. And in 2020, they put us across the entire uh, RPR platform. North Dakota. In South Dakota. And in Minnesota. Wisconsin. Wyoming. And beyond. So if you want to catch any of our old podcasts, you can listen to them on the Rutten Radio Show listing on your RPR archive between Bishop Barron and Father Michael Schmitz. I'm so sorry, guys. For all of our listeners, we do what we can. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> we're, so, more, we're more like, you know, in the world of, of big time, we're more like, Bruce Springsteen, you know, talking about the local yokels. And, <laughs> you know, you're not gonna find. You're not gonna find. Yeah, find. Uh, uh, well, you're gonna find some deep theology, but we're just we're just talking about our lives. We, we are and, not Father Schmitz, and we are yeah, not Bishop you, Baron, is what yeah, you're that's saying. What we, saying. We, we are what I just said, Father John. We're three hooligans from the North End, yeah. just, uh, and we wouldn't leave the studio. So here we are. So, so if you're listening, in, we're on the first Wednesday of every month from seven to eight p.m. Uh, AM Central <laughs> Listen, you want to take the, I need like oh Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy. All, All right, right, let's, let's jump started. right into this thing, you know. All right. So uh gentlemen, what have we been up to lately? What's been going on? Vacation. Vacation. So, yep, you know, you gotta take a vacation once in a while. So right before Lent begins, it's a good time to get away. Right, so, so you did yourself a, a vacation and uh, got a little refreshment of the soul. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right, Father John, what have you been doing? Same here. 
Yep, it's a kind of a common common time for priests to get away, you know, uh, before all the Lent stuff starts piling up. So, right. so Joe, what did you do lately? What have I been doing lately? <laughs> well, you know, uh, last month I went to this couples retreat that Ooh. was like magnificent. Oh, wasn't right? that? Yeah. And what's up with this? I go to a couples retreat and who do I see? Me. Me. And what are hey. you guys doing there? And I showed up for the entertainment. <laughs> John shows up to welcome and greet everybody, and Paul shows up for the party. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I'm bookend by these guys. I can't get rid of you. You guys are like my shadow. It's we like, could we could maybe talk about that in the second half or something. I have some uh, very enlightening thoughts yeah. about why I was there and why I left. Yes. And uh, speaking of showing up everywhere, I think it was you who showed up in the line for concelebrating priests when we were starting mass for <laughs> the all, the school, all, all city, city, all school Catholic mass. Hey, that's my um, spot. <laughs> yes, that's my spot there. Like for ten years while I thought it was Mormon. That's that's like Steve Career has his post and my post yeah. and Keeter and so. We're so for all those that need a visual, board. there's like thousands of kids in this. Elman Center, Center for yeah for for mass and we're coming in a door that's kind of in the back left side you know between the bleachers and uh, all the priests are coming and Paul and I come to the entryway to come in there's just the size of one door and Joe's on the other side of it <laughs> selfie selfie here yeah. we go here yeah. we go and then Bishop Swain was yeah like, <laughs> and then yeah. we were oh, holding great. them up yeah yeah I think yeah. Bishop Swain looked at us and for the first time ever I think Bishop Swain like expressed what he truly feels yeah. Do you remember yeah, what he see. said to us? No, I don't. <laughs> As he's waiting for us to take a selfie. And then when we move aside, we're like, oh, Bishop Swain. He looks at us all and he says, these celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not. It's, it's the celebrity priest we want to be careful of. Yeah. So oh, we, we just yeah. don't. Yeah. <laughs> He did it. He did it in a very humorous. He yeah. he he never misses an opportunity for a great uh, one-liner. Right. Well, it's but. always it's always great, fellas, seeing you out there in the streets and uh, in the community. And obviously, I'm proud to have you as brother priest. But and that as, weekend was for married couples. It was for married couples. We'll have a chat about that. So, if you're following us, you're out there listening, and your cars are at home. You're getting ready uh, for things in the morning here. At, at, you can listen or follow us on. We really love the Rutten Radio Facebook app. If you want or, or page, uh, if you want to follow us and interact with us, ask us questions. Let us know what insights you had. Let us know what we said that maybe struck a chord with you positively or not so positively. Uh, we'd love to have you do that. So, with that, why don't we get it started with a little prayer here? Do a few news and notes and jump into our movie of the month. Who wants to open us with some prayer? Well, <laughs> when did we, <laughs> we didn't this? discuss it, so I'm going to make you do it. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. That's awesome. That's Simple great. to the point, right? Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. I He's love coming. It. All right. News right. and notes. News and notes. So uh, what do we got going on a little bit more? You got anything that you did? didn't you say? All right. Well, this is something that's kind of newsworthy <laughs> that I want to make sure I get before we jump into the movie of the month, fellas. No. Uh, life in a parish is always new when you're new. So right, right. So how many months has it been now? Right, we're in March. So, mm-hmm. so about nine. Wow, maybe. nine months. That's uh, it's it's long enough for you to know what you got into, and uh, long enough for you to know what you you have in front of you, and long enough to know that it's like, all right, you're on to Here the next go. thing in life. Yeah. yeah. So we've just right. 
We'll have to have another yeah. show about transitions. I'm sure that's something that as priests, you know, as married folks, we, you know, typically the hope is that we stay with the first one. <laughs> yeah, but you moved, you had a different job, moved to a yeah. different town, new houses, all those things. Yeah, so transitions. Is maybe oh, yeah, when your kids leave yeah. the house. Right, right, right. Yeah. All right, Father John, what you got going on? Well, I was at O'Gorman High School the other day, and um, we had mass, and then afterward you go into the kind of the youth room, or I don't know what they call it, in the Brian Stye's room. And um, we were, a uh, uh, guy that was there had a question for me. So we started this really serious conversation where it got pretty serious. And there was this girl sitting on the couch and she sort of was like uninterested. And at a certain point I even asked her, I was like, what are you doing here? And do you come here often? And she's kind of like, not your typical person to be there, but she was. And it was really fascinating that as I sat there in this conversation, I just could tell she was starting to pay attention. And I don't know, I was really struck by that, that the way to bring her in or the way to, I mean, I needed to say hi to her and acknowledge her, but that there was a way she was coming in by just being allowed to observe this interaction between me and this other guy. And, um, and then at the end of it, this actually connects to Rutten Radio at the end of it, the guy goes away and I sort of I'm like, I'm going to take the big plunge. And I'm like, I wonder if she has some thoughts. And so I said, you know, what do you think about all this? And she paused. I'm not sure. And in front of that, I normally would have, could have said, oh, she doesn't care or she's not listening or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I was like, no, I saw her listening. She was paying attention to us. And then I thought, oh. She's like my brother, Paul. <laughs> she oh. needs to think about what just happened. And mm -hmm. so I said, great, you keep thinking about it. <laughs> In a month? Yeah. You all yeah. know yeah. what you were thinking. So. Right, right, right. Well, let's uh, jump into our movie of the month here, Faith and Culture, as we talk about the movie of the month. 1917. Yep. So, wow. Yeah. Give us it's the set. It's quite a movie. It takes place really in a day, two days maybe total, uh, April 6th, 1917, uh, World War I. We have uh, a regiment ready to, to go in uh, to the enemy territory, but it's going to be a trap. And so these two soldiers are sent in to get to the front line to be able to tell the commander to not go forward. Uh, so it's literally that. Um, it's got a unique approach. It was one take, they say. So it literally just follows these two people the whole movie, uh, which is really kind of an amazing uh, cinematography. Like you just don't realize like how rare that is to to not like leave the main characters. Like it's just them the whole time. So um, so that's the movie. It's war. So, you know, it's it's some of the violence of war, but I don't think there was really anything. Not a lot of vulgarity, but you're no. going to get a little uh, so. little reality check on the, the war side. The yeah, but ugliness. it was a very different than like some movies where it's really grotesque. Right. There's a lot of yeah. violence. Uh, you wouldn't really. It it's was, really human drama uh, versus like explosions and focused yeah. on the, the blowing up of stuff. So initial thoughts or comments. Father John, kick us off. What do you th what'd you think of this thing? I thought the movie was fantastic. Cinematography is, um, in my mind, it's like a lot of things in our culture today. We've lost the real art mm -hmm. 
for something we can duplicate and sell and make more money from. Okay, uh, and I think this was a return to putting something more than just profit in front of the movie. The cinematography was incredible, and there was a part right in the beginning where he's going. Um, they're they're off on their journey, and he's walking on the other side of this pool of water, and it's just this amazing shot where it's panning uh, this person. And I just thought, this is incredible, whoever did this. Uh, and the trick of keeping the shot the same, you know, really, even up until the blackout where the guy blacks out, you know, there isn't even a lot of opportunities where you could see that they could have spliced or they could have, I mean, it's yeah. almost like he just like was like, okay, we get one take at this whole thing, guys. Right. Ready? Go. And then for two hours, you're on one take. It was so amazing to watch this story in this way. And the thing that I saw in it is it puts um, more, we can do this because the plot line carries you, the character development carries you, the human drama carries you, like all the other dynamics are full. Yeah. And so the cinematography doesn't have to be flashy and fast and all of that. Yeah. Yeah, and even there was a I thought to myself, there was a moment where they sat down and I thought, <laughs> like, we can rest now. Like, because it doesn't still, like, it just keeps going and you're like, there's no break. All right. Uh, just even watching it in that sense. The, uh, I, I caught it in the theater and I, when I went in, I was a hair late. And so, what? yeah, I know, imagine that, right? <laughs> like more than 25 minutes no, late? No, no, no. So I you walked in the... right when he went to select. So you were uh, late. So you late. were late. You were like even beyond 25 minutes of credits? No. Yeah. Yeah, there were 25, yeah, there were 25 minutes, 25 of, credits. minutes of credits. Credits. Like, or of, not, of like of previews. Previews. Commercials. Oh, yeah, the previews. I... Yeah, so you completely missed. Yes. Yeah, so you were, so you like, were like a half, half hour, hour late. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't a little late. Yeah. Well, anyway, okay. Continue. Yeah, continue. Oh, what are you guys going on? What did you I do to you? Well, today. I mean, what? Well, we, the, why, why this all came up is because we just had an experience of someone telling us at the movie theater that there's 25 minutes in every show, and so we both were together watching the movie. Not right. this movie, but so when I so I was intentionally late because you some one of you told me. Oh, there's all this credits at the beginning. And hey, well, that's fine. You're going to be late. There's all these credits, right? I think you guys <laughs> texted me this. So, so I intentionally was like, well, I'm still fine. I'm going to be a little bit late. And I was just a little bit late. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry, we'll, sorry, sorry, we'll forgive sorry. you. Right, I see, right, I right. See. You, boy, who? Oh, that see was what close. Listeners, good, good thing listeners good do you thing see how difficult <laughs> this is? Right? I mean, that was like a full-on attack. Here we go. So, <laughs> so uh, but fantastic. So I got in right at the moment that he has to go pick whoever this person is that's going to go mm -hmm. do this thing with them, right? And I felt like immediately I put myself in that other person's shoes where it's like, right, here we go. Where's this guy going to lead us? We have no idea. And so as I didn't understand what the beginning of the movie was, I felt like that guy who has no idea what's going on, where he's going, why he's going there. And when the thing got off and started going, it immediately gripped me into the narrative, and I love storytelling, right? And I just felt that the cinematography, as you mentioned, was really valuable. I would love to see more movies made with this intention. I think it does what you said, Father John. It gets back to character development, to plot development. It focuses on the human experience instead of all the tricks that go into making movies 
to keep us entertained. The movie wasn't entertaining me. The movie was like drawing me in Mm -hmm. through the way that it was created and produced in the story. And I'm telling you, when they went into the cave or when they went into that bunker, right? Mm -hmm. And they start in the rats and this, and like, that was the moment where I was like, I had to take a deep breath. (laughs) I was like, wow, I am so, and you know, I'll look around and it was so moving to me. If you're out there listening, I'd love to know who cried during the movie twice. I wept. You did twice. Wow. It was so powerful. I don't know if it was like, because I was by myself. I don't know if it was the time of day. If like I was rushing and like it, but it just gripped me, and I just imagined the all of the people that experience this daily all over the world yeah. right now. The fear, the right. tension, I fully now understand how you come back with post-traumatic stress, right? How you, you would struggle to adjust. But it was all done not in the Tom Hanks Saving Private Ryan way, where it was like this big, epic Braveheart gladiator type of a movie it was done much more in like um i I don't even know the comparative of this slow storytelling that picks up pace over time but where i knew that it was going to be good was when he was walking through the minefields and you began to see the the human bodies in the mud and you could pick out different things and i'm like oh the depth that these people went to make this movie that nobody else will even pick up on the work that they invested in creating this thing and its reality. I'm telling you, it was one of my favorite movies. I'd put it right up at the top of my best movie of the year and uh, say that I'd love to go back and see it. But I've heard people out there actually say that they weren't excited about it. Yeah, I think because of what they wanted to see. I mean, this is the thing I think in anything is, is can I let the story be what it wants to be and not me impose upon it what I want? And I think people went Mm -hmm. wanting Saving Private Ryan. You know, and so if any movie, anytime you see something and you've got your idea and then you're always constantly checking it against it and it's like, well, it's not this, it's not that. And I think that was the the advantage is if you could just simply let the story tell itself and not put it up against Saving Private Ryan, because it's not necessarily the same. It's similar, but it's it's not it's not the same. The other thing that I think that was was very evident is just how brutal war is. Mm hmm. You know, like just the whole thing, the living conditions and the way they fought and, you know, just everything was just like, ugh. Uh, and you kind of, you know, I think we sort of live in this distant fighting thing and you don't ever really see it. And it's, you know, right. uh, but the, yeah, I mean, like he's like right there and they're shooting at him and it's right. just like, he's running for his right, life. Right. In the midst if you're, of it if all. you're out there listening or movie of the month here is a 1917, a world war one, uh, drama documentary almost. I mean, it just has this documentary feel to it. Um, and in the experience, the war is like right in front of you. It really does grip you and pull you right in the inhumanity of war, mm-hmm. right. Is really what gripped me. Paul, you mentioned the living conditions. I'm like, oh, well, it probably isn't the same today, right? And then I remember thinking about friends of mine that came back from Iraq and Afghanistan, Iraq, really. They talk about sand, how sand was in every nook and cranny of their being and of their materials and their clothes and like this sand and like how you could drive yourself crazy Mm -hmm. 
in Iraq from the sand, right? And I'm sure there's veterans out there listening. You can probably, you know, call us, text us, you know, jump on Facebook. Let us know some of those challenges. Like how real is the movie? What kind of grip do you out there? So if you're listening, feel free to jump in and interact with us on Facebook. Father John, other themes or things. Paul talked about the inhumanity of war. Anything else jump out at you from the movie? Well, the the fact that even within the war, there are uh, people who are free to live the circumstances according to their idea of things. So a general right, right, could re, be re, yeah, explain that a little. Yeah, bit like more. a general could be leading his men in war or women in war uh, in a way for justice or trying to bring about something good. And then you have the general of this movie and the guy's like, when you tell him this, bring a witness. Right. Well, why right. do you have to bring a witness? Because, and then what does he say? He says, uh, he says, make sure you bring a witness. Some men just want the fight. Right. Right. So what's going on here <clears throat> is the two men have to bring a note to the front lines to get the general at the front lines to not attack yeah right? because so, they have insider information this is a setup don't attack so these two men go out and on the way they encounter somebody and he that says knows hey, him you're going to go up and chat with him be careful make sure there are witnesses because if you give him the note and there's no witnesses he may just crumple it up tell you to go and he's going to go to war Right, but if you bring witnesses, then when he opens it up, then he sort of has to be. I, I really that really struck me that um, uh, then the question really of who do you trust? I mean, right. there's a huge dynamic in this whole movie about trust. You have the general, you have the people, uh, you have you know he jumps blindly into the the. Um, the cavern or whatever, you know, uh, he doesn't know who's going to be in there or the guy, he has his buddy. Do you trust the buddy to do? And it's interesting that in the beginning, the one friend trusted the other friend because he thought he knew where the guy was taking him. So they're under that tree right yep. in the beginning of the movie. Yep. Come with me, pick right. one friend, come with yep. me, you know? Oh, okay. Well then when they get out there, then it has to reverse around. And all of a sudden it's like, wait, do I still trust you? And so there was a real, um, yeah, so it's Corporal Blake is the one who's got the mission, and he chooses his friend uh, Corporal Schofeld. Uh, and he asks that question then, why did you choose me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, again, like wanting to know, like, mm-hmm. what did I get myself? Like, why did you pick me? Of all the people you could have picked, why did you pick me? You know, and again, this real reality, like, he's in it. Now he realizes, like, what am I doing in this? Like, how do I get out of it? Right, this? and he wants out. Right. And he would have loved it if it was to the striptease or to, you know, or if it was like somewhere he'd been like, I'm so glad you booked me. You know, he's like, why'd you pick me? Yeah. It's the, uh, (laughs) the place of mothers in the human experience. Uh, I'm reminded that every time a successful athlete gets the first football or basketball contract, the first thing that they want to do is go buy. Their, their mom mother, a new a house, house. Yep. <laughs> right? Maybe their dad a car, <laughs> you know, of a truck, but what it really mom house, right? In here, what it made me realize is there's a similar thing that when a person is in the field of battle or in one of these life and death moments, he says, write my mom, will you? As he's dying, he asks Corporal Schofeld, would you write my mom? and tell her that I wasn't scared and that I love them. Mm-hmm. 
And I thought, wow, who is it that when, when we're in that moment that we want our mother, right? The great, you know, the great tenderness, the one that brought us into this world. As we go out of this world, who is it that we will think of? Mm-hmm. Who is it that will be present to me right now? I've lost my mother. We've lost our mother, right? It's like, all right, well, who will it be that at the end of my life that I would want to send a note to or write a note to? And I thought, you know what? Maybe I need to do that. Why, would, why, sh- why should I wait until that moment to write the note that I'd want to write at that moment? And it's really kind of inspired me. I haven't done it yet, but I think that it might be wise to for all of us to stop and say, you know, who are these people in my lives that mean so much that if the time comes, I want to tell them something. Why don't we tell them that right now? And so I want to start kind of a personal movement. I'm going to do that. You guys right. can hold me accountable we'll tonight. You accountable. But your mothers, you know, the value and importance of a mother in your life mm-hmm. really was something that that I just thought was important. And the other side was the discipleship part that they go in twos, that mm-hmm. he picks a partner to go do this thing. But yet at the same time, there's a quote, down to Gehenna, up to the throne, he travels the fastest who travels alone. That at times there is a place for one person, but life is kind of a companion's journey and the value of having that person that's your companion. And for me, that's my wife, Mm -hmm. right? That I have that companion. Who's the companion for you guys? Who's the person maybe that, that you have that you travel with another brother priest or a family member or something like that. I always thought, I don't know, maybe in another show we can talk about priestly companionship is something I'd be interested in. Mm -hmm. Other insights, thoughts, or comments as we wrap up the first half hour here of Rutten Radio. And we we're talking about 1917 for our movie of the month. Yeah. You know, there was another part in uh, that Corporal Schofeld didn't care about the the awards that he had received you know like he 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 just realized like all this superficial stuff in the midst of it all and and that you you really don't fight for a purple heart uh you either just fight or you know if that's what you're looking for you know good luck on all of that uh but just that idea of you know needing the external accolades for the things that i've done instead of just saying well i just did what i was told to do and uh, and that ability in the midst of it all. Father John? Um, uh, I think there's a trick in that statement, he travels the fastest who travels alone. Uh, I think that's unchristian. Uh, yeah, baby, let's talk more about that. Well, I mean, there's it's, it's uh, this temptation to always think that if... I travel alone, you know, I'm lightest on my feet, my own ingenuity. What I'm really doing is say, uh, I have everything I need. The Christian actually says, I don't have everything I need. And God sends me someone. Mm. That's magnificent. Mm-hmm. That's magnificent. We can unpack that. We can unpack that. But well, I think a lot of people travel through life alone, by alone. that philosophy. Yeah. They travel alone. And well, it starts because I'm going to get there fastest. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, but in the end, you know, how many people end up at the end of the, right. you know, anyway. Well, we'll come back after uh, this short break for a second half hour of Rutten Radio. Don't go anywhere as we take a quick break. We'll be back with more of Faith and Culture here on the Real Presence Network. You're listening to Rutten Radio on the RPR Network. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more of the Rutten Brothers after these messages. My name is Carol Oren and I'm from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. 
My daughter, Tara, is attending Montmartre College. The thing that I really love is that whether you're in sports or not, it's like a family. Everyone cares for every sport, for every athlete, for every student. They also do fun activities. The community as a whole in Yankton, as far as giving discounts to the students, really making them feel welcome and makes them feel a part of their community. Lead. Serve. Impact at Mount Marty College. Hello, I'm Linda Baldwin with the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. We are now open, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday and 9 to 5 on Saturdays. We're located at 3709 South Grange, just west of Costco. We stock Catholic books, artwork, saint medals, rosaries, Bibles, parish supplies, plus mystic monk coffee and gifts for those special occasions like baptisms, first communion, and confirmation. I look forward to your visit to the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. My name is Brad List. I'm the father of Nathan List. He started at Mount Marty in 2016. This is a gem underneath their nose that most kids in Yankton don't even realize is there. They don't understand what Mount Marty offers as a school. They offer as helping plan for your future. For example, they're helping Nathan with internships. They're you know looking at what kind of jobs can you get. It's good to be close to home. You don't have to come home, but you know it's always there. Lead. Serve. Impact at Mount Marty College. This is Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. Now, back to more faith, family, and fun with the Rutten Brothers. And we're back with Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network, your local and regional Catholic media network for all things awesome, including the Brothers Rutten. Shout-outs. Should we just do a quick shout-out? All right, shout-outs. I want to give a shout-out to my wife, Laura Beth. My wife is amazing. I can't begin to tell you how <laughs> grateful I am for her. And, you know, I don't think I tell her that often enough and let her know. So if I had to thank one person, give one appreciation shout out today and Rutten Radio, it'd be my wife, Laura Beth. And I'm going to give a shout out to Caitlin Kendall, Ooh. just because she's in my heart at the moment. That's like back to back. Yeah, was you, she you, last week? Yeah, you got her last yeah, month. Too. Really? Yeah. I didn't even yeah, remember yeah, that. Yeah, that's fantastic. Wow. I'm going to change mine to Laura Woods. Oh, oh you changed yours. Yeah, what was I it? Was, was it originally Caitlin too? No, no one. Oh. Caitlin. So, all, all right, right, Laura. Just and all listens, my nieces and nephews. Supports, I don't want them all to be like. She's a great supporter of the Real Presence Network. Oh Absolutely. yeah, she loves this. Yep, yep. Our movie of the month for March <laughs> was 1917. It was fantastic. At least in my book, sounds like you you fellas thought it was great too. Father Johnny said something there at the end that really kind of poked, provoked, and is worth stoking a little bit and having a conversation about. Oh my gosh. There's a line where the general says to Blake, down to Gehenna or up to the throne, he travels fastest who travels alone. Mm-hmm. And it's a really striking comment. It's a great comment, but I think it's not a Christian comment. And it's a way in which in our culture, we can take in philosophies that actually make Christianity Mm. difficult for us. Uh, Because what he's basically saying is you're best if you do it by yourself. Right. That's not Christianity is you can't do it by yourself. God has come to us and he comes to you through a face and through a person and through a companionship that is right in in front of you. But oftentimes they're limited. 
But right. God is working in them. And so if you follow with them, you will actually get to where you couldn't get on your own. Right. Uh, so I just was really provoked by that. And I think it just led us to see there's a lot here. Right. And let's keep rolling. It's, it's, a, great, it. it's a great quote. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because, like it. because the reality is if uh, Blake would have gone by himself, it wouldn't have happened. Correct. Because, you know, so you get this reality that Blake chooses someone and then together they make it. You know, there's a scene, you know, when the thing comes collapsing down that Schofield needed Blake to get him out of there as well. Uh, and so there is this sort of dual dynamic that each of them did need each other in the midst of it all. Uh, and, and that idea, again, of, of being chosen for something and in the middle of it realizing if I would have known this is what I was saying yes to, I would have said no. <laughs> you know, so like the right in the middle of it all and, and that idea that sometimes we don't know. We don't fully know what we're saying yes to, so that we'll say yes, so that God can provide for us the things that we need. Because if left to myself, I assess, I look, I think, and I make the judgment. Can I do this? Can I not do that? Uh, and instead, I just need to be, look at it and say, I've been asked. Will I do it? Then I go do it. Mm -hmm. um, and even, I think, sometimes this this randomness that we can see in life and and. You know, sometimes it's helpful, but sometimes I think it's not. Uh, that it, if God isn't part of it, then it's just sort of this uh, uh, karma. You know, either you've got good karma or bad karma. Uh, and so either things are going to go well or they're not going to go well. And there's no idea that there actually is a God. There is a, a being that really cares about me and is in the midst of it all. You know, I think about like even at, after 9-11, there were the people who said, I didn't get on the train you know, because I was late and because I was late, I didn't was in the building. So I'm still alive now. And it's like, okay, but what about the person that was in the building and died? Like, so that's bad karma. Like there's this real reality that we can look at life and sometimes miss that there really is someone to follow, that Christ really is asking us to do things and inviting us to, to, to follow him. And it's usually through the invitation of another person. Mm -hmm. You know, but if we think it's just on my own, then I'm not looking for anyone yeah. to, to sort of be part of that or that I'm going to invite someone to follow along with me. Can I give a great example of that? Uh, when the milk, right? Oh. So he's invited on this right. thing and he gets to it, the wait, place. You just said and, yep, milk. Yep, yep, the yep, milk. Yep, I'll yep. explain it. Yeah. So he comes to the farm. Right. And there's a living cow mm -hmm. and that sort of provokes him in a way where there's this milk, right. Wasn't there yep, living yep, was yep. mooing. And so he yep. goes out there and then he sees this milk. Well, they don't have any water. Well, he gets the milk and he fills up the milk container yep. for himself. Right. right. He needs the milk. But as he's going on, he ends up in a circumstance where there's a baby <laughs> and he has the milk. Right. Like this isn't karma, good or bad. This is a providential loving God. Yes, we do have to talk about evil and figure out what it means that this war was going on, but this is a God who, in the midst of this man needing something, ended up being the instrument through which the baby and the mother, yeah. can you imagine the mother's thought when the mother's like, you have milk? What are you <laughs> doing with milk? We're in war. Right. Right. And she looks at him that way like, so and I kinda, even he is surprised. Yeah. 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 Like even he is surprised like, oh my gosh. 
I have milk. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this is it. So he he who travels alone is not. Like God is the one doing these. Right. Like he's a part of this. Right. So even if we are alone, we aren't alone as well. So even if you are on a solo journey, let's say this is just one soldier, you are uh, Frodo and you don't have Samwise or something, you are by yourself, you aren't by yourself. You do have a providential God that is present in the moments, the realities, and is a providing God. Mm-hmm. Mm. The uh, you mentioned following, and I, I, you know, it reminded me of a scene in the movie where Corporal Blake dies, and uh, they're on one side of the farmyard. Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, I think that's. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just being funny. We should, every time we review, a we, movie we assume there, we assume that you've read. Yeah. It, listen, listeners it, out there, if go, you have sorry. No, no, no. You, tangents, you know, this happens, right? <laughs> so on one side of the house, we have the death uh, of Corporal Blake, right? And so what happens though, uh, Chauffel doesn't like just wander away and off and go figure like, where am I supposed to go now? No, providentially, right? On the other side of the house is coming another convoy, Right. And they come around and see what's going on after the plane has exploded. And they're saying, oh, oh well, here's the, yep, looks like that guy's dead. And looks like this guy's, all right, come with us. Let's, and, and somebody comes along mm-hmm. that Blake, that, that Schofield then begins to follow, right? He had been following Blake. Blake's no longer present. Now another person shows up. He follows them, jumps in a convoy. Talk about trust, right? Now he's got to trust that this convoy is going to get him to where he's going because he's now entrusted with the mission. Yeah. What happens? They get stuck. Uh-huh. And he's like, nope, we are not stuck, right? Everybody get <laughs> off, right? And so here he goes, you know, fulfilling this mission, but trusting, you know, the, the, the people now that he's with. And so they take him to a certain point. And it just reminded me of the fact that there's two sides to this oftentimes. We're living our lives, but there's always this other side to life. There's other people's lives going on and there's things happening. And here I am experiencing whatever it is in my life, right? The death of my mother. And at the same time in life, there's lots of other people that are just doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And this is reality. And how do those two things play out where I can stop and say, you know what? On the other side of the house, there's things that I need to be present to as well or that God might be have waiting for me. And so on the other side of the death of my mother, there comes something else. And I get a companion and walk along with whatever it is or whoever it is that the Lord provides me on the other side of the coin. So, yeah, it was that that moment where he picks up the mission, though. Mm -hmm. You know, that's really where it's like, oh, wow, this is the guy that wanted to abandon him and turn around not too long ago. Now, not only is he going to deliver a message to this guy's mother who's dying, He's picking up the mission and he's now going to take carry it forward willingly. Yep. Willingly. All right. Other th- other thoughts or comments or things from the movie that you really liked? You know, there was the one thing, you know, as far as with, with the, the colonel that they said, take, take a witness with. He did say something interesting, though. He said, you know, he's he talked about hope. And he's like, well, one minute they tell me to do this. And then the next minute they tell me not to do it. And then they turn around and tell me to do it again. And this idea that sometimes the people above you don't really know what they're doing either. And they're just telling you to do stuff and you do it. And you're like, well, what was the point of doing this? Because the minute I did it, you turned around and told me not to do it the next time. And it's this real challenge as well that, that, that at times we don't always understand what we're being asked to do. And it seems like we're being told to do something, and then the next minute told not to do it. And we want to make sure that it all makes sense to us. 
but that ability again to be able to to trust that if this is what's been asked of me, then God really does know why he's asking. And it's not just this random arbitrary, you know, and, and you hear that in all kinds of war stories, you know, uh, in Vietnam, like take that hill and they take the hill and then they say, now leave it. And then, well, take it again. And it's like, well, make up your mind. Do you want us to take it or do you not? And back and forth and back and forth. And just that ability to, to trust that when something has been asked, that the person that asked, you know, i.e. God knows what, what really is the, the deeper understanding and purpose of it all. Mm-hmm. Fear is uh, not, you know, from a leadership standpoint, let's transition that and talk about that leader, right? That might not know what they're doing. Uh, there's a survey out there about the top, um, the top challenges for uh, the top 500 CEOs. And one of the number one obstacles that they have is they have a fear that the people at work for them will discover that they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I try not to let them have that wonder. They just know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> please, if you work at my parish, uh, ignore that you just heard that. <laughs> and so, so, <laughs> so imagine though, just in all of us in yeah. our lives, like, you know, if you're out there listening as a listener in your own life, like even your kids or your spouse or people that work for you or with you, like, how often do we try and hide the insecurities and the the competencies and, and the things that really challenge us to say, I'm not sufficient? And the, the freedom, though, the freedom that is found by bringing that to the light and allowing that reality of your emptiness or brokenness or your mm-hmm. insufficiency to be present and to lead from that starting point or from the starting point that you have dignity or loved by God and he's providential and will care for you and will take care of whatever your insufficiencies are. Boy, what a great switch to flip. If you're out there struggling with that fear of, boy, what if people know I'm not perfect or I don't know what the heck I'm doing? I'm telling you, there is a beautiful thing that you can do by going to the other side of that and saying, you know what, I'm not perfect. And it's okay if people know that I'm not perfect. And then leading from that starting point and saying, Lord, I need you to provide for a lot of things here. Could you help me out? And then watch the people that come into your life to help you meet those needs. Mm -hmm. Fear. Is it present, uh, do you think, in everybody or is it just uh, some people that have it? Or what's what's your kind of experience with that fear of you know, what if people figure out that I don't know what I'm doing? Is that something that priests, you know, you have as well? You're like, man, I don't know. And Sunday school programs. I don't know what I'm supposed to do for RCIA. <laughs> like, do you ever have that in your ministry? Yeah, I mean, I think fear is a human, a natural human response. Like, the, the question is, what, what will I do with the fear? Uh, will, I, will I embrace it? Will I, you know, move through it? Will I, you know, assess it or will it allow me, you know, cause me to, to be frozen uh, in the midst of it all? Because you should be afraid of some things. Hmm. Like there should be a fear of things as well. Like, and that's the problem, right? That's why kids put, you know, fork into the outlet or put their hand, <laughs> you know, into a fire or grab something hot because they don't know to be afraid of this, right. you know? And so this real idea of, of back and forth, um, and yet something will motivate you. You know, I think about when Schofield jumps 
off <laughs> off of the wall and into the water, and you're like, ah! Uh, but it's like, well, there's what, what's the other option? Like, right. And and so this idea of like, do I? I mean, like, I don't have another option in a sense, uh, you know. And and so I just do it because this is this is what I have to do. Um, so. The, that's a good, I forgot about that part where he jumps. Yeah. Jumps in the water. I mean, that was intense. Yeah. But what else was, you know, again, he didn't have an option. Like, and I think sometimes we think we have options. And so we get stuck, you know, um, what do they call that? Uh, and analysis paralysis. You know, you just analyze and analyze and analyze. And, you know, uh, Band of Brothers, you know, there's that scene. The problem is you think you're still alive. <laughs> you think there's still hope that you're alive. And so you, you're, you're weighing everything on this idea that you're alive. You're dead. Mm. So move. <laughs> I get going. Uh, so again, my, my ego needs to die. Like this idea that I am the savior of the world or the parish or the corporation. No, I don't know. Uh, and, and I can admit that if I trust that the people that work for me uh, want what's best for everyone and that they'll take then the fact that I don't know what I'm doing and, and run with it for me. I tell you the that's an interesting insight. And it, it immediately made me think father Paul of a moment in my life where I jumped off a proverbial bridge because I was in a really, really tough mm -hmm. spot. And Sometimes you just in life, like, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there listening, you know, you've come across, you know, a challenge, a struggle in marriage or family or, you know, personal in my, my life, it was an addiction, you know, and like, what do I do? And interestingly enough, the jumping off of the bridge was all about surrender. It was this surrendering and this giving up, if you will, that I just jumped, I just felt collapsed. And I said, you know. Um, and you have no idea what's below. I had no idea what was gonna, who, what I was gonna hit, what I was gonna, where it was gonna take me. But I'm telling you, it's been the greatest journey in my life since then. Man, has it been magnificent. That's why we must crush the philosophy of this world that keeps entering the church over and over again. That he who travels the fastest travels alone. We are Pelagians, which is an ancient heresy that's always been with the church, which basically means this. So for all of you non-theologians, Pelagianism means pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Mm -hmm. No, that's not Christian, right? What you're saying is when I realize I don't have arms long enough to get to my bootstraps, Right. <laughs> that's when you thrive. That's when life becomes a real adventure. That's when the journey becomes fascinating. That's everything for the Christian grows out of this recognition that I'm inadequate. Uh, it's, and it's in the movie, actually. He says, uh, he says when the cherry trees, you know, the cherry trees are all throughout this movie. Right. And, and they're really, there's... Yeah, all so kinds of cherries. There's all kinds of cherries, yeah. Well, they come to that place where they chopped the cherry trees down. And it was really interesting to me. I never thought about that, that you would kill all the cows so that people couldn't get milk when they come. Right, like, right. The, like, so death was bringing death to stuff that actually didn't even need to die. You know, there was right. death in major levels. Well, uh, they come to the cherry trees and the person says, well, more will grow when the stumps rot. Yeah. 
Well, this is what you're saying. This right. is Christian, actually. More will grow when the stumps rot. Like death actually brings life. Now, mm-hmm. we don't want death as in killing other people and death as in killing me and death as in killing babies and death as in... We mean that when we die to our self-centeredness, when we die to our need to control and understand the next step forward, we're going to discover something amazing rise within us. And that's the whole thing with that milk. The milk first was kept for himself, Mm -hmm. but then he had to be willing to sacrifice it at a certain point. So there had to be a death when the tree rots. When the, when the tree rots, there's a death. And then all of a sudden you see life come forth. And the thing that came forth in him in this is this wonder, like, I have milk. I have what this <laughs> mother and child need. Right. Like, Right, right. That's that's really interesting. I, I, the f- one thing I'd say about my experience of jumping off my proverbial bridge and surrendering to, to my challenges was, one, physically, when I take a deep breath now, it like actually changes. I feel it physically. Two is internally, I feel freedom because the, the, the letting go of the control of the whole thing is deeply, deeply freeing. And part of my challenge is I keep trying to think I'm going to control this whole apparatus of life and it's unmanageable. It's like totally chaos and crazy, especially if you're in my head, right? Freedom is found in the surrender, uh, you know, to those challenges that our lives present us. The cherry trees. Did you notice as he's floating down after he jumps the bridge, he floats down the water. What does he begin to encounter after he goes over the waterfall? Cherry blossoms. All over, mm-hmm. right? This regeneration and new life, like the symbol of baptism, yep. right? The crossing of the Jordan River, all of this symbolic imagery, these types that we find within scripture and the Christian narrative. I was like, Boosh. and then the soldier singing, <laughs> right? Like how crazy? I'm like, you're, I'm like, there's music. I'm like, what? What in the world? And like, then he comes upon, you know, this whole regiment again, uh, and they're singing. Like they're singing this beautiful song. Oh, it's striking. Uh, it, it was like it was, but it was so odd because I'm like, is this real? Like, is it? Is it? Are they really? Is are they really singing right now? Is he dreaming? Is he dead? Uh, you know, all of that 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 reality. But again, he just had to simply surrender to the river, and let the river take him uh, where it wanted to take him in the midst of it all. Transformation as we wrap up the first. Uh, well the second half hour, but the, the hour show here of Rutten Radio, maybe some final thoughts in the, in the final few here minutes, whether it's about that or some other topics, but Lent, um, some conversations that might be about transformation or thoughts that you might want to kind of throw out there here as we wrap up. Yeah. Um, you know, I, ever since I saw it for the first time, I always remind people that Lent is a time to experience your inadequacies. So the things that you pick for Lent should be things you can't do and you will fail so that we don't become plaging, mm-hmm. that we realize that any grace, it's grace that actually changes me. It's not that I really tried hard to not eat chocolate uh, and I did a great job. See, look how great I am. I didn't eat chocolate during Lent. No, I failed miserably 15 times because every time I looked at chocolate, I ate it. Uh, and then one day I didn't. And it wasn't because I was trying. It was because I finally accepted that I needed God's grace to change myself. But the danger of Lent is it really is this whole practice of 
we're just trying really hard to be a really good Christian. Uh, and the church isn't asking us to do that at all. <laughs> and we don't have to just give up the difficult penitential side of it. We have to change our perception of what that penitential side is. So the other option to the whole giving up chocolate thing is to say, well, I'm just going to do something kind, or I'm just mm-hmm. going to do some. Well, that's still keeping the same method, just changing it and flipping to the other side, saying, oh, I'm just going to do something I can do. Right. Instead of saying, oh, wait, maybe I need to look at Lent differently and I need to still stay with the fact that I need to make a sacrifice, but realize I even need grace to do this. And hence my prayer at the beginning of the radio show. Just come Holy Spirit. Come, we are totally inadequate for this radio program. There is no, <laughs> there is no what? reason. What? <laughs> I mean, there's no reason we should have a radio show. There's none. Right. There's none. Come, Holy Spirit. And, you know, some of the radio shows, I'm shocked. I'm like, I'm like shocked. I'm like, wow, this is like really good. There's something here. Oh, thank you, God. Like, keep coming. Keep coming. Because right? we're really inadequate. Uh, so just come Holy Spirit. Right? So for Lent, you know, that'll be my contribution. During Lent, like really at the beginning of the day, don't make it another big, huge thing. Just say, come Holy Spirit, help me live this day by your grace. And then if you fail, it's just a great way to say, okay, when I do succeed, do I realize it wasn't because of my effort? And when I'm in front of a tough spot, I grow in virtue by saying, ah, I have self-will and I can, I can stay with this course. I can not eat chocolate right now. It's not an excuse not to. I want to grow strong and I want to possess myself and I want, so it's a, a, a will and grace life. Right. And I like that. Uh, I'll finish it out on the self-possession side, that side that says there is the capacity for the human person to um, exercise their will in a way that provides formation to them, character formation in a human manner, self-possession, discipline, these types of things that in turn develop habits that help them flourish. And so this idea of your your grace, Paul's grace, you mentioning the will and grace that on this will side that says, you know, maybe all of us uh, would would value from uh, seeking God's grace to use your will to turn Netflix off and not watch it every night or whatever it is during Lent that you're seeking to do uh, to train yourself and that the human, all the way back to, to Socrates, right? Socrates talks about this, that the human person is an animal that needs to be trained and that it would be wise for us to think about who our masters are and how it is that they help us train or become the things that are excellent. And for us, that's a human person. And so during Lent, I kind of take that opportunity to think about who are those people around me that can help me do this well? Or, you know, am I surrounding myself with people that are living well and, and doing this walk and then become companions and, and walk alongside those people. So wax on, wax off, wax off, <laughs> wax on. Uh, Maybe wax next off. month's movie is the Karate oh, Kid. Oh, I don't know. Kid. Do we have a choice hey, for next month? Hey, we should take a we look. We should at do that. something awesome. Uh, well, you'll have to tune in on Facebook. Check out Facebook, and we'll give you the uh, movie of the month for next month as we take a look at moving from March into. April. So with that, we're grateful for uh, you joining us here at Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. And we'd like to just kind of close in prayer. We're grateful for your presence here with us. 
uh, check in on Facebook and let us know that you've been listening. Fellas, should we end with prayer? Let's do it. The family prayer in the name of the Father, Father and the, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Our Father, we thank you for your love and for your many blessings, especially for the precious gift of each other. Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make us understanding and patient with one another, quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness, generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share it with those around us. Direct us to the state and life you plan for each of us and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen. St. Joseph, pray for us. Uh, who are the other? Lord be with you. <laughs> and with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Have a blessed Wednesday. And be looking for the light of Christ wherever you go. And we'll see you next time right here on Run Radio, Radio on Real, Real Presence, Presence Network. Network. You've been listening to Rutten Radio on Real Presence Radio. To hear today's episode again, visit our website, yourcatholicradiostation.com, and find it on the Sioux Falls podcast page. You can also find it on our app under podcasts and special events. And be sure to tune in for more Rutten Radio next month. Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. Thanks for listening to Real Presence Radio. Steve Sponskowski here, Executive Director for the RPR Network. I hope your day is a little better and your burdens are made a little lighter by the message you are hearing. Please tell others about Real Presence Radio and invite them to listen. If you've been listening for a while, please consider joining the family and offering your support. Our goal is to change lives by bringing others closer to Christ. And together, we are changing the world. God's blessings to you all. And as all of you out in Radioland listen to Real Presence Radio, what a great gift it is for every one of us. As we're in the car traveling, that we learn something about our love for Jesus, something about the great gift He has given us through His holy family, which is the church. Or we also get to find something out more deeply about our own self that we come to know that we are made in God's image and likeness. And the great gift that we have is made and loved by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So continue to listen to this wonderful radio station. We need to support it in every way so that this beautiful gift of the gospel message can be spread throughout where all of this is heard and that the Holy Spirit will strengthen you all in his love. Have a wonderful day and keep listening to Real Presence Radio. Searching for more great Catholic content? Visit our website at yourcatholicradiostation.com. Find Catholic news you can trust, information about events coming up in your local area, and the latest on what's happening at the RPR Network. And don't forget that you can listen to any of our stations around the clock from anywhere in the world. Need prayers for someone or something in your life? You can submit those through our online form for the entire family to pray for. Real Presence Radio, online at yourcatholicradiostation.com. 
Let's join together in a moment of prayer for all those needs and intentions that you have shared with this family. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Please let us know how we can pray for you by going to yourcatholicradiostation.com and click on prayer request at the top of the page.